Hello, I'm Dean. And I'm Jen. And I'm Eric. And together we're RCSD Pod PD. Okay, we would like to uh, begin by respectfully acknowledging that we are on Treaty 4 territory, traditional lands of the Nehewak, Nakaway, Nakoda, and homeland of the Métis, Lakota, and Dakota. Hi everyone and welcome back to RCSD Pod PD. We're really excited today to be highlighting another one of our connected educators, um, Heather Kellenchok. So Heather, welcome so much. Ah, thanks for having me. I'm actually very excited to do this and a little bit nervous as well. Um, I can tell you a little bit about myself. Professionally, I have been teaching with Regina Catholic Schools for 14 years, all of which at O'Neill High School. Don't want to say that too loud. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's time for me to spend time in another community. And uh, yeah, I'm one of the first round of connected educators. So it's been a while. And um I have taught French immersion for those 14 years, and I spent a little bit of time doing learning resource as well. And uh, on a personal note, I am a wife and a mom at home and uh, love the sport of curling and like to spend some time reading and, and listening to music when, when I have a moment to myself. Best curler <laughs> in the world. Yeah, once upon <laughs> a time, yes. And I, I would like to say, I say that my superpower is talking. So thank you for having me uh, on the podcast because it taps into what I believe I'm, I'm good at. <laughs> That's awesome. So Heather, thinking back, I mean, um, Eric Dean and I are also within, you know, we were all first year drafts in the connected educator world. Um, mm -hmm. Thinking back, can you recall what drew you toward becoming a connected educator in the first place? It was hard for me to remember a little bit the exact <laughs> reasons because I've had so many different reasons for for staying with it and have have questioned it a few times too. But I think initially what drew me to it is I wanted to have the opportunity um, initially to be able to access more French resources for my students and be able to um, have them interact with technology and also their learning just in a different way like provide them with more opportunities to to do things their own way mm -hmm. yeah that was the main reason I mean now if uh coming upon uh the moment to reapply here for some of us who have been around for a while my my reasoning might be a little bit different but it's interesting to see how how simple it was just to start and now how reflecting on the different years how now I may change more towards accessibility and adaptations for my students more so than just accessing resources and the technology. Absolutely. With our, uh, we're getting a little feedback there. Okay, um, with our um, recent move to online, hybrid for you guys in high school um, and students being here or there, I think a lot of us that have been connected eds were like, oh yeah, that shift is, no problem, no big deal, right? Because we already had the tools and fortunately our students already had the tools and the strategies to be able to make that transition pretty seamless. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that and gave perhaps more opportunities into 
how to actually deliver the lesson virtually more so than than the platforms we were using. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Heather, how have you seen, uh, like, so you've been an OG, an, an original gangster with uh, the Connect Education program. How have you seen it evolve, the program itself? How have you seen it evolve over the years from the first one to, to now? I think growth is the biggest thing. Like, from how few of us there were the first few years to now how many there are and how many people every year who increasingly want to be a part of the group and want to have the access to the one-to-one -one devices um, and the opportunities to share the devices with other teachers and share the knowledge. Like I no longer feel as though those who are connected educators are necessarily, um, especially as Jen mentioned the last two years, no longer necessarily experts. And I find that it's more of a, a sharing community within the school, especially our school people who um, are wanting to be connected educators are just as knowledgeable of those of us who have been around for a little bit, just based on the growth that had to happen in the last two years. So I think now more than ever, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this time around there is a large increase in the amount of people desiring to become connected educators because they now have the tools, the knowledge, and hopefully the confidence to be able to implement um, technology seamlessly into their classes because they've had to do it for the last two years. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Heather, I have a question just with, yeah, I guess being a connected educator for, for that long, I know like we all were part of that uh, startup. Did you find, I found sometimes like some years I was, I don't know if you ran into this or you do run into this. There were some years where I was like, I was still always wanting to like try something new like I found, I found uh, maybe programs or platforms that I really liked. Um, however, I found sometimes I would kind of get over them and I would want to try something new, um, something that maybe I've never seen. And obviously, hopefully the kids have not seen to maybe keep them more engaged. Do you feel like you've run into that over since the start? Like, have your platforms or things changed or have you switched over to to something that was just more, not, not necessarily engaging, but maybe more up to date or more current? Yeah, definitely. I think, I don't know if I was always looking for something new, but perhaps something better because um, I found in the first few years, I was easily overwhelmed by all the possibilities. I like all of a sudden this whole world opened up to me of what I could do on a daily basis in my classroom. And then it felt a little bit overwhelming to figure out which one of those platforms um, am I going to use in my classroom and uh, which of the tools would I, would I implement? But I think over the years, there's definitely been a shift. I know I started um, with OneNote originally and had lots of OneNote. And just with time, I felt like, you know, I was and my students were moving faster and developing faster than OneNote could keep keep up with us and so I was we were finding glitches or challenges or it couldn't do what we wanted it to do um, and then I actually spent some time um, with learning online and so teaching online and then learning the Moodle platform so I shifted from the OneNote platform to the Moodle platform just because I had the knowledge from learning online and I felt that it really um, lended itself well to face-to-face -face instruction especially the abilities to 
provide formative assessment through the Moodle platform. So that has been what I've focused on in the last couple of years, but now there's a shift that I'm seeing myself making and will be making again next semester in terms of teams and what it um, provides and some things that I didn't know actually it could do that I want other platforms to be able to do and then Teams already does it. So I think the growth that or the path I'm going to take now is maybe more so towards Teams and what can I do with that in conjunction to some of the other formative assessments or things that I have found I like to use and the students like to use and that work well in the classroom. But definitely like even saying like coming full circle I have had some teachers who are using Teams and OneNote together, and their suggestion is maybe you should try OneNote again because maybe some of the things you didn't like before have changed and are better. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'll come back, come full circle, and it'll be it'll be OneNote again in conjunction with other tools. But I like to have one main platform that I'm using because I like my students to just have to go to one place. And then I can organize it for them so they don't have to do that extra thinking. Yeah, a great question because yeah. it's absolutely true. There's so much out there. Yeah, and I kind of like I agree with you because I know like with everything that is involved, I was the same way. I started OneNote. I used it um, and then elementary started. I started using more of the digital portfolio like uh, I used FreshGrade for a while because I again, I wanted everything in one spot where it could be organized and then eventually moved on to Seesaw, which is what we use in the elementary. And then Teams came along. So working with the grade eights here at school, that's especially when we went online, I thought was by far the best platform to like house everything that I was doing in that one one platform. It was the, it was the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just because you mentioned it, um, not that I use Seesaw at the at the high school level, but as a parent, I think Seesaw is amazing and outstanding. And I actually think that in terms of a digital portfolio, it possibly could be used a little bit more efficiently at the high school level, quite frankly, especially when you're talking um, French language portfolio. I think it is maybe an untapped tool at uh, the secondary level and that, I mean, I know Teams has some things, but uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting what you can do with Seesaw in terms of also creating that home and school connection as well. Yeah. Yeah. I double clicked on that mute. I'll have to put that on. Oh, there may be some feedback because the others back there, but I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> um, but I noticed that uh, Teams and OneNote as kind of a product of COVID, unfortunately, there is some silver linings and they definitely def definitely have become more user friendly and educational friendly. And uh, I was just uh, listening to a webinar and some of the things that are coming up the pike with Teams and OneNote, uh, they're really focusing on education and, and seeing the use of that. So it's nice because I think a lot of kids too are gonna see that in multiple classes and really uh, just become proficient at it and it will just be a, a regular tool to, that we'll uh, use in our classroom. So uh, it's, it's cool to hear the journey because I, I, I'm glad you asked that question too, Eric, because I, I'm always like that too. What's, what's next kind of sometimes and it's always nice to come back and revisit some of the tools I've used in the past and see uh, what's most effective for kids. So yeah, great question. <laughs> I know for myself with uh, 
teams I have, like we've been in person in elementary all school year, but I still have students that reach out to me. You know, I have students who are isolating or at home because they're not feeling well or something. And they're messaging me during class time, asking me questions so that they can keep up to date, you know, and um, just having that, not saying that as teachers, we need to be on call all the time, <laughs> but I think it really helps my students, even in, I teach grade five, even in grade five, feel like they have the support and that they're not left floundering because if they're at home for a period of time, um, they can, there's a chance that they can really fall behind. So having their teacher um, available, right? My own daughter, when she was at home sick, um, she asked her teacher a question during class time and her teacher called her and then invited her to be part of the class as well, which, you know, isn't an expectation, but having that option for a kid that really can't help that they have to be home to still feel involved in the environment. Talk about losing those four walls, flattening the walls, we call it, and inviting them into your classroom still, right? I also like the way it uh, it kind of gives a voice to some kids. Like sometimes they're scared in class or don't want to put up their hand or, or whatever. But I've noticed some students that I would probably have never heard from them before in a traditional way. It's given them an opportunity to 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 speak and, and to learn more and build that relationship too. It's interesting to see. There's a lot going on, but and a lot of kids that we don't know. But this has definitely opened up uh, a lot more opportunities and voices uh, in my experience. Yeah, I would just agree with you that the accessibility, um, we don't have to be on call 24-7. And my students have no problem contacting me in the evening on Teams, knowing that I may not respond to them till the morning. But nonetheless, they've asked the question when it when it was pertinent to them, and they will get their answer in time, even if it's face-to-face -face in the class, because it's probably a question somebody else has. And I haven't had... Um, any students at the high school level be concerned about not immediately responding like once you explain to them yeah send me your questions and I'll answer them all I I would agree that it definitely gives them a voice and helps them to communicate a little bit better than perhaps they would feel in a face-to-face -face setting because some of them are still still learning that or still uh, developing in terms of their face-to-face -face communication with with their peers and then just with us as adults I thought Eric was going to ask question number two. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Do you mess up on me for three already? I got lost in the conversation. I thought, because, uh, uh, well, I can ask my question for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you've made a lot of points, Heather, about, uh, you know, you've uh, looked at different formative assessment tools and that type of thing. Are there some tools that you go to uh, quite a bit? Or there's some other um, maybe pro tips you'd like to share with somebody of something like, you know, I wish I would have known this before, or like maybe to somebody maybe is new to being a connect educator or somebody that's just new to teaching and that was something like, you might want to try this tool or here's a, a pro tip that uh, I wish I would have known. Who I don't know, pro tip, that is like a loaded, a loaded uh, title there. Um, I have platforms that I prefer kind of answering what Eric had asked. I do really 
enjoy steel, Flipgrid. I know it's old, but it integrates well with um, with other Microsoft platforms. And the opportunity it provides students with a voice um, in all kinds of situations, really, in the classroom. And then also the ability to practice their French language, not having to have one student answer at a time. I just feel like that gives them so many more chances to practice and to formulate responses and share their opinions. Um, so that's one that I use on a, I don't know, regular basis, but an ongoing basis in my class classes. Um, and I mean, I guess the pro tip would be um, really not to be afraid to, to try things. Um, you don't have to be the tech guru on staff to be a connected educator. Quite frankly, if you were to know me, um, well, those who do know me personally would think that I'm the least tech person. I um, forget my phone all the time. I have to reboot my computer. The printers never work for me. Like I have the most technology issues and have questions, but um, it doesn't mean that you're not able to effectively integrate it into your classroom and provide your students with opportunities to interact with the technology. And they know some tricks that are a little bit different, but sometimes they don't know how to use certain tools and platforms in a learning environment or to get the answers that they're seeking. And so those are some of the things that even if I don't consider myself a tech guru that I can share and offer them for example, research skills, like how, how do you actually research um, in a search engine to find the answers that you're looking for? Something as simple as that, or how do I find pictures that I can actually use um, legally? Those things perhaps they don't know, they don't have the knowledge of, but I can share with them and I can leave them to the curating once they know how to find the what they're looking for. Um, I can leave them as the experts to curate. And that leads me to perhaps the other thing I wanted to talk about is just the opportunity for choice in the classroom, being a connected educator. Like I, on every single assignment, it says format of your choice, format of your choice. And the range of assignments or projects that I get, everything from handwritten to, um, a video to just an audio sample. Um, it's really amazing. They'll choose what they want and perhaps what they think fits best for what they want to share with their learning. And that probably is my most favorite thing about being a connected educator is choose the format, show me your learning in a way that works for you. And that's probably the best part of being a connected educator really is to see what they come up with and what they think is the best way to show you their learning. And I think it helps them to be the most successful as well. In there, yeah. like, ooh, 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 there's know, so many sorry, little things you said. That was like, okay, power. Listening, that's I'm gonna have a comment. So I'm gonna go all the way back to the beginning where you talked about Flipgrid because you said, oh, it's it's an old it's an old tool, but Flipgrid opens so many doors for students and individuals because it opens the door for students to not only converse with each other and share their skills but also all of those professionals that are out there and all those other students and all those other schools that you can connect to and you can share information and you can swap information and 
connect to that world and that I mean in elementary in our elementary world is a little scary um and we don't often allow that accessibility but in the high school world like wow you guys have so many amazing opportunities for your students utilizing Flipgrid so I think we're not gonna bash it for being an old tool by any means but it's I think sometimes we forget about it right it's no longer that shiny penny that's out there that new thing kind of like we said with OneNote but um, we should, it, it's a great reminder for me to go back onto Flipgrid and to check out some of the opportunities that are available for our students because um, I, I tend to forget about some of those tools, right? So thank you for reminding me about Flipgrid. Well, That's and updates. It's not the old Flipgrid. It has, right? it has many updates. Yeah, absolutely. I shouldn't have called it old. I feel bad for that now. <laughs> well, but it's one that was available in our first year. So yes. it's kind of like we're not old. We're just the original, original CEs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to add about Flipgrid now. Like you can screen record. They can make it look like it's a TikTok video. There's filters mm. in it. Uh, and what they've done with their mixtapes, you can do and discover and, and cook, uh, like, yeah, it's always keeping it fresh. Like if you follow the Fripkid people on uh, like Twitter, for example, uh, they're always coming up with something new and integrating things. So uh, it, it's one of the, those apps that just keep growing and, and uh, you know, just like Teams is growing and being more educational friendly, so is uh, Flipgrid. But I know sometimes with Flipgrid, there's there's like where's the Flipgrid being stored? And you know, some people worry about, uh, you know, who has the, the the videos and all that kind of stuff. Because right now they get stored down in the states, and I know in some provinces they can't use Flipgrid. But I think we're okay here, especially if your kids have signed off on everything. But yeah, Flipgrid definitely uh, it's pretty cool what you can do inside with inside Flipgrid now. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, Heather, I bet you can attest to this. Like, I know being French a French immersion teacher, having tools like Flipgrid and uh, even Seesaw or Teams, but just providing that opportunity for kids to speak in French is um, something that I found it, it was the best way because like Dean said, there's so many kids that are shy in your classroom or so many kids that are hesitant. Um, um, but at least this way, it gives you an opportunity as a teacher to really listen to them speaking in French um, and also giving them that opportunity to freely speak in French um, without the worry of, I don't know, having it to do it in front of the class or whatever. Um, so I know I utilized Flipgrid and also Seesaw in the last couple of years was huge for my oral French. I totally agree. And I can even say I have gone so far as not even having them answer a question or share an opinion, but come grade nine, I teach a lot of grade nines and tens. I'm not sure what has happened in between in like the middle years that they develop this almost like a fear of reading aloud in class. And I don't know if you notice that at the elementary, actually, it's a great question. It's not really on topic connected to educator, but since we're talking about French immersion reading, I find <laughs> that in the early years, they're all about the reading and they want to read and they're so excited about it. And then it's almost like they lose that. And by the time they get to me, there's like this fear of volunteering to read anything in class. So even the last couple of years, what I've done is um, when we're, 
doing novel studies or reading things, I'll have them just record their reading of what we are, like whatever the story is or the novel that they've chosen to read just so I can hear them reading. And then they don't have to even think of a response, but that's sort of how we lead into our own reflections, sharing our own stories so that I know sort of where they're at because otherwise some of them in class, I won't hear volunteer to read yeah. at yeah. all. So I don't know what their reading abilities are like. So exactly. yeah, very interesting. Okay. Um, well, Heather, um, and I guess Jen and Dean, do you guys have anything else or any other questions that you want to ask Heather? Good. Okay. Well, um, like like always, we we thank you, Heather, for taking the time, spending uh, this twenty minutes, half an hour with us to talk about um, the Connected Educator Program, what you've been doing in your classroom, um, and all the successes that you've seen. Um, so yeah, we would just like to thank you for uh, taking the time to spend uh, your Thursday afternoon with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, it's actually nice just to be able to visit in a little group with some of you who I don't get to spend much time with when we when we get together at uh, grade level. So so it is nice to visit and and learn some things that you guys are doing at the elementary that maybe I can can adopt in the future here. But uh, like we said, we're not going to get too overwhelmed. Just baby steps. <laughs> Mercy, you're that was you're you're awesome. That was that was excellent. I don't know what you're nervous about, but oh, thanks for having me. You've been listening to RCSD Pod PD. Until next time, let's stay connected.